Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. And if you just read you, this is a test transmission. It opens a new and, I think, exciting chapter in the story of radio. This is going to be a service to provide a tremendous amount of information and satisfy a lot of different interests. I was always itching to shake it during a program. In the air, on the river and underground. We hope very much that uh, Derek can hear us. Can you hear us? From Resonance 104.4 FM and social broadcasts, this is Transmitter, bringing you original sounds, new voices and archive treasures from radio broadcasts, podcasts and sound art across the globe. I'm Lucia Scadzocchio and I'll be scanning the digital soundscape to cut through the noise. In the next hour, we'll dive into deep waters, looking for lost treasure and peace of mind. Travel to the coastal towns of Britain to think about change and wander into an Irish mountain village and sit by the fire. But let's start here. Yeah, everyone says that, you know, they're always very disappointed when they talk to me because they think, you know, I go out there with a gun and a harpoon dive into the water and come up with handfuls of doublings. Which I don't at all. Um, the only doublings I come up with are found on paper. That was Nigel Pickford, shipwreck explorer and researcher. And this is an extract from London Compass, episode three, Master of the Vessel. Here, we meet Mike Hatcher, yes, that's his real name, I believe, a deep-sea diver who takes us into the murky waters of salvaging wrecks under the waves, a place where he feels most at home, away from the laws of the land. What happened was I got a phone call from someone that I had already worked with called Mike Hatcher, who was an interesting guy. You know, he was one of these people that was shipped out to Australia, uh, from Bernardo's in the 1950s. Bernardo's used to ship out their children to go and work on Australian farms. He was pretty tough, still is very tough, actually. Anyway, Mike rang me up and said, you know, he got a problem. He was been looking for a Portuguese galleon off East Timor. But there was a revolution in East Timor, a lot of, lot of political troubles, and he had to get out, basically, with his ship quickly. And he needed another project. So I said, well, you know, it's quite a long way from East Timor, but there is a good project, which would definitely be easy to find. He, he said, yeah, he was interested in going to look for it. Um, I mean, when Mike went there, it had never been touched. When you dive these wrecks, people have died. I mean, with the tech sink. How many people died on it? More than the Titanic. Yeah, sure, there were children that were killed. There was women, men. They were all killed there. What do you want to do? In, in our commercial part of before I got involved in this, where we were doing aeroplanes. I mean, what are you supposed to say? You've committed to do the job. You do the job. And, and some of it is very terrible, very terrible. You get a aeroplane with 400 people on board and it's hit the ocean at you know, 160 miles an hour. Yeah, it's terrible. People can ask, how did you become involved with this? Yeah. So, um, 
I was orphaned. I went into Bernardo's. Bernardo sent me to Australia. I did okay in Australia. I wanted to get out of society. I met Sir Francis Chichester. He was the first man to sing solo around the world, yeah? Um, I bought a yacht and decided to sail around the world, salvaging warships and World War II wrecks and clearing up mess. And I started to dive. Submarines in World War II were being used to transport cargo back to Germany because there was no other way. I can remember one ship, I dived, and there is a skeleton, and the guy's leg is caught in the door. You can see he got caught in the door and he died. The doors closed on him. Yeah, I mean, one of the submarines that had sunk, they were caught in the aft section. I went in there 50 years or more after. The chief officer, he'd blown his brains out with his Luger, and there was the Bible in German. You just treat it with respect and leave him. My name is Mike Hatcher. I've fortunately been involved in some very successful salvage jobs. I'm an ex-Bernardo boy. I always kind of look at my life is what I've had to make it because I had no mum or dad there to help or basically guide me. So maybe some of the things I've done have been because of that situation. Maybe if I hadn't been an orphan, I wouldn't have done what I've done. Um, but I feel okay about myself. When I dive, Underwater, I'm home. That's how I feel. You're at peace. You, d you don't even think about a beer, a cigarette, your girlfriend, your wife, nothing. You just think of what you're doing down there because it is that good. Yeah. Very quiet. Very quiet. Yeah. I mean, I've heard whales singing and porpoises chirping, but other than that, it's you're at peace. You're totally at peace with yourself. To me, you're home. To dive the things that I've been privileged enough to dive has been the highlights of my life. There's just nothing better than it. Um, I still dream about it. I still dream about the ones I haven't found, you know, um, and I still dream that I hope I'm going to be around to go underwater to find that next one, which I say is the end, but there'll be another one. I won't, I can't and never will retire. It's a fantastic feeling. You're, you're out there, you're the doctor.
you're the police. You know, you provide your own food, your own cook, your, your everything. Here, you call the ambulance. There's no friggin' ambulance out there, man. It's you. So, you're... It's your own little kingdom. You run it the way you run it. I'm, I'm at home because I'm away from all of this government interference and political... You're, you're your, your own man. You're your own master. You, you make out of it what you make out of it. And if you've got the strength to carry it through, yeah, but independent. You're totally independent, but you are totally reliant on your ability to do what you've got to do. That's really where it's at. It seems like such another world out there. What are the things that you worry about? Well, you've got no police. You can't ring up 999. So we take precautions. It, it's not taking the law into your own hand because if you are the master of a vessel, you are the law. I mean, I've had so-called pirates board my vessel. So they were coming out to my vessel and they're coming up out of the wave, the bow of the boat, and then down this speedboat, and they're firing their guns at it. So I had also a gun. All I did was when the bow of the vessel came out of the water, I shot a bullet through it. which went through like the size of a pencil. But when it came out the other side, it was the size of a football. And they went into the next wave. And they just didn't come back out again. So then they all stopped firing because their boats sunk. And then they're all waving at me. They're waving at me, I'm waving back. Am I gonna stop? No way. It's part and parcel of it. Are you supposed to feel sorry for the pirates that are trying to rob you? No. I just wave goodbye. I didn't kill any of them. Whatever happened to them, I don't know, I don't care. The most important thing is research, is what Nigel does. And if you never, never know, you never, never go. That's my motto. The texting, if you take it, that's a, a typical story of it. Just by one paragraph from a book, it said, this large Chinese junk was wrecked upon these shoals and only through the effort of the British East Indiesmen were some souls saved. You're like a detective pinning it and pinning it and wearing it down until that's it. And if you don't have that facet, you're doomed from the beginning. You're just, you're just wasting. It's a big ocean, man. It's a bloody big ocean. I'm going to get another beer. Do you want one? Yeah, I'd love one.
Okay. What are yours? Is it? Yes. Is yours a Stella? Yes. Okay. Mike is an adventurer in the old-fashioned meaning of the word. Um, tough. Um, I'm the sort of person who's happiest surrounded by old manuscripts, books, digging around in archives. It's a very different job. But you two complement each other pretty well. Though. Absolutely. I think... We uh, respect each other for our, our different qualities. Hopefully he respects me for my ability to put up with extremely long-winded and tedious tasks. Actually, treasure hunting is boring. Um, y you know, even on board ship, there's an awful lot of tedium involved. Um, and in the archive, there's an awful lot of tedium involved. It's just which sort of tedium you're best at coping with. That was the second half of Master of the Vessel, episode three of the London Compass podcast, produced by Joel Cox and Theo Johnson. They've released four episodes so far. Each one is unique in its own right, driven by fascinating characters, giving an unexpected insight into a world that most of us know very little about. Now, let's get our heads above water and surface to the British coastal town of Withensea with writer and Leeds-based artist Samra Mayanja from her podcast, Edging Home. I want to talk about fetishising the poor now that I'm not. I want to talk about building bridges with people that I fear hate me in theory. I want to talk about England. I want to talk about the permaculture ideas around edging and recreating the edge of forests because those are places of great biodiversity. And I want to ask permaculture what happens at the edge of time, the edge of history and the edge of the nation. I want to talk about fearlessness and freedom and how I'm afraid, but I wish I was as strong as my acting. I want to talk about connecting. I want to talk to Withensea. Samra Mayanja goes on to reflect on the coastal town in Essex, where she grew up, and wonders out loud about our relationship with change, and the more often than not, nostalgic memories we have of place that can prevent us from embracing inevitable metamorphosis. But the question is, should we embrace it? What happens if you or we or I or they venture to the coast, the edges of this nation, the cliff's neck, the dips and the slides into crisp water, like the kind of place that I grew up in, Harwich? What happens there? This is the whenever it decides to f***ing arrive privatised service to Harwich Town, calling at Missley, Rabness, Harwich International, Dovercourt and Harwich Town. At six years old, myself, my brother, my two sisters and my mum moved to Harwich after my parents divorced. Some years later, we moved back to London, to Uganda, several other places in between, and then found ourselves back in Harwich when I was about 12. Harwich is a place that punched me to slow-rising bruise. Wounded walk still but zest of the sea I miss. People that at one time confused me are the same people that I claim to understand. People that I'd be pissed up with by the Queen Victoria statue, awarded to beautiful Harwich when employment was full and stuff happened. At sea, everything is black like me, and the view from the prom is steep until your eyes meet the memory of lights and Samuel Pepys' dream. Do you hear what I'm saying? Can you say how I feel? 
I dreamed of leaving there every day. Or, you know, I dreamed of making life happen somewhere else. But even with years of discomfort, my hips dock sweetly into my seat there. Despite its distance from the table, I tell myself that the discomfort doesn't matter because my mother carried that chair on her back so I would do the country's work. And so I'll plonk myself on Erie streets, pubs and shops up and down the coast so that the country can fold into itself like dough, meet itself again and again and again. We're then taken to Withensee and inevitably Brexit is discussed. And then... My mum, who I brought along for moral support, but mostly for a lift, asked about Brexit. Which I specifically asked her not to mention the night before, the day of, and five minutes before we walked into the shop. But, you know, my mum forgets things. And if she didn't forget, she probably asked because she brought my siblings and I up with the mantra, the worst you'll get is a no. In my mind, the worst I'll get isn't just a no, It's more than that. But anyway, the mind wanders to dark corners. So the energy changes dramatically. It becomes so removed from people's personal experiences. It becomes removed from Beth and Wolf's personal experiences and becomes more of a flawed analysis of global capitalism. But what was expressed was that there was a beast clawing in, one that came from all angles, all sides and rose from underneath, a complex system manoeuvred from up and over there, He definitely said a few wild things, but I could see the root of a lot of his points. I could see from what he was saying that, you know, he wants space for small local British businesses as opposed to large, dominant, mostly foreign monopolies. He wants, you know, the immoral nature of tax evasion to be challenged by the government. He wants an end to prioritising foreign investment over the needs of the population. Again, this is what I inferred, or perhaps translated to make a point. But I toyed with the idea of including his words directly and decided against it because the word Brexit hikes something in those speaking and those listening that is divisive and detracts from the issues that people are really concerned about and or facing. So I continued asking them both about change. This time I asked Beth about how she thinks people in Withensee are dealing with changes in the area. Um. But my taste is changing. I'm going home and my taste is changing. But there isn't really anything here anyway. Um, everybody goes to a hall. Mm. You know, the city of culture, which it isn't. But, um, that's where they all go. Mm. I don't come here. Okay. And people from here go to hall. They don't shop local. They go to hall They too. do. They go to hall and places like that because there's nothing here for them. You know, I mean, one lady came in the other week and she was just buying a few bits and she said, I don't shop here. And I said, oh, why? She says, because you can't get anything here. You can't get um, designer uh, designer wear, you can't get electronics, anything like that. And that's what they wanted for Christmas. Yeah. Um, it's rather sad because there's, there's room for these places, but mm. they're not allowed to be here, so... Mm. So, there's more council rules and regulations of what you can and can't do here than it's, it's very wrong. And it's not giving the community what it wants. Um, the councillors and the council are not providing for this community at all. And people do want things. And somebody's saying, you know, don't bring expensive things, you'll never sell them, you know, all just want pound things, you know. They don't. They don't. I've proved that time and time again. On what I sell, which is weird anyway, but they would buy expensive things if they were available to them. I mean, I go out and I can't get underwear here. I can't get basic things here. I wanted a fountain pen. Very simple. I couldn't get ink and I couldn't get a fountain pen. There's nowhere sells anything like that. It's all touristy things. Um, and supermarkets, you know, that's about it. There's nothing for the locals to shop in. So, it's, uh, it's just on the decline, I'm afraid, which is rather sad. And, you know, you know instinctively what needs doing to, to boost it back up, but they won't do it. 
Right. Oh. No matter how much you complain, they won't take any notice. You know, councillors that are supposed to yeah. represent you and all this, that. they don't. They don't. Um, I mean, the biggest thing was the hospital. Um, we didn't say have yeah. hospital. It's still hard. Uh, but it's now a one or one thing. If you try to get a doctor uh, here, it's nearly impossible. If you have an accident, you can't go to the doctors. The, ha- the hospital used to be a walk-in, um, accident emergency, that sort of thing. It's not anymore. It's there. People are in there working. I mean, I had a man in here the other day, and he burnt himself on his arm. Nothing really serious. Uh, with a kettle, an oldish man. And uh, he said he couldn't get in the doctor's. Uh, for four days and all he wanted was a, a bandage a dressing to put on it to make sure it was you know right Safe, yeah. yeah so he went to the hospital up here there was a burns nurse in the hospital but they wouldn't see him because he had to ring 101 and book an appointment they let him use the phone in the hospital yeah and he said it wasn't a serious burn but he, he wanted covering and they said, well, you'd have to go to Hull, Royal Infirmary. He's in his 80s. You know, the bus fare's £10. And you'll have to go to Hull. He says, well, I'm in Withensee Hospital. And there's a Burns nurse here. Yes, but she hasn't got the authority to see to it. You know, you've got to go to Hull. Cost him about £12 to go to the hospital in Hull. And he said, in the end, he said, I'm just going to the chemist and get the Burns dressing. And this is the inconvenience for the elderly here. Translation, or the way that I understand it, lack of basic needs being met in the town. Granted, a fountain pen isn't a basic need, but knickers certainly are. People feeling disillusioned. What connection do we have to the parliamentary political system? What does it actually do for us? I wonder what space local MPs and councillors give for people to have a direct involvement in politics. Perhaps people have to take control in different ways. Hindering bureaucracy in the health service. Strain on public resources, particularly, again, the health service, despite it being one of our greatest resources in the country. Is that a fair inference? I wonder what you hear when Beth speaks. Edging Home is a podcast produced by Samra Mayanja with Live Art Bistro for Performing Britain. In the second episode, Samra takes us to Bridlington and poses questions about deep listening. Now we travel to Ireland, and more specifically to the mountain village of Kilfinnan in County Limerick. In April 2019, audio artists and radio producers gathered there for the fourth installation of the Hearsay Audio Festival. Four days of intensive listening to and talking about radio and the audio arts. As part of the festival, artists and radio makers are invited for a residency in the village to create a piece that reflects their time there. I heard this composition by French sound artist and documentary maker Benoit Boris at the festival, and I think it truly captures through sound the community spirit and generosity of the place. For the next 30 minutes, I invite you to just close your eyes and let yourself be taken into this remote village in the hills. This is Kilfinnan Heart Songs by Benoit Boris. I'd say to anyone, just come for a walk through Kilvinnan, um, particularly on a nice day, and just slowly walk through the village and see what you find. Killing on. Connor Star 2, how are you? Play D for those who don't know, it's a D. Silent night. <laughs> That's the only bits I know. 
And I know a few bits of words, but nothing major. You know. No, it's not a language I've learned. <laughs> I can hardly speak English. <laughs> Been an, an art special to <laughs> means that Kilfinnan is a very special place. Cocker accent is very, very fast. I have learned to slow down. And the Limerick accent is more relaxed, it's slower, it's easier to understand it. When we were young, there's a mart in Kilmallock, which is County Limerick. We used to go down to County Limerick. We'd be finished, cows would be milked, creamery would be finished by nine o'clock. We would be going down to the mart about 10 and as you hit into the Dara, small area here, the people would be still only coming to the creamery. I was a teenager here. I worked here as a teenager as well. I started work in Kilfinnan when I was 16. I worked in the telephone exchange below in the local post office before phones became automatic in Kilfinnan. And I also worked in a restaurant here in Kilfinnan and I've worked in the pubs here in Kilfinnan. I've gone out, I've done my socialising in Kilfinnan and I met my husband in Kilfinnan. Quiet, but it's not quiet. Uh, wet, windy. Um, so it, it really feels like a mounted village. really blowing. dark, maybe up to half eight in the morning, dark at half four in the evening, to get used to it. Early October 2017 to the end of April 2018, we had five or nearly six months of continuous rain. On a very windy, wet day, you have um, rain hitting the windows very hard, um, like hard stones, small stones hitting off a window. 
and it can be quite frightening if you don't know what it is, especially if it's dark. I just listen first and hear the sounds just to know that they're familiar and they're rain and they're not really anything strange or scary or somebody trying to break in because sometimes if they're quite loud, a loud bang. <laughs> of something that might have been hit off the roof in, in a stormy night. It can be scary too, you don't know whether it's invasion of somebody dangerous or just nature and when it's nature it's okay. I'm not scared of nature. <laughs> it's easy to live when you know what it is. <laughs> um. Fire.
lovely pub in the village here in Kilfin in Kelleher's they will have a, an old-fashioned open fire you can sit by that and warm yourself uh, and I think it's the memory of that you know the, the memory of sitting by the fire that when you're really cold and you come in here early in the morning and it can be a little chilly sometimes but when you have something like that in your mind um, it can warm you up So you're first, I would say we need a bit faster, so. Two-way, two-way, barima, two-way, two-way. Two-way, two-way, barima, two-way, two-way. Abba, fraba, ama, dawa, dawa, two-way, two-way. Abba, fraba, ama, dawa, dawa, two-way, two-way. Barima, two-way, two-way. Barima, two-way, two-way. I'm not singing. That's a trick, Pauline, I think, yeah. isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I'm not singing. No, I don't. No, I don't have a song. No, no. Not a song, a sound. A, a sound? A song about this sociability. Oh, a sound. Um... You just keep an eye on them. If there was no light on and you're passing in the evening or no smoke out the chimney in the winter, you would make an excuse to call. I'm very nice to the people and they to me because we know I'm here so long that, you know, I know everybody. Lovely community in Kilfin and they're very united people, you know, very good to one another. And we all help one another out. And, love to see you coming in just for a chat a cup of tea help them out now you can also get home help if you're on your own but that might be only half an hour a day an hour a day and that's all that person might see all day People really do seem to know people, even if it's in a small way or in a big way. Like, have you any news? Yeah. That's a famous one here. Have you any news? Everybody asks it. <laughs> the phrase they use is "Cade me la falta hundred thousand welcomes." walk down the street here and you will see people saying hello to each other or a nod and even if you don't know them there's an assumption that you you might know them or you might know their family so everyone seems to in a little way maybe just always be that bit more polite or look out for people the sounds of hospitality When you go into a house like and uh, 
people like Anders put on the, the kettle and make a nice cup of tea for you and give you a biscuit and, you know, hospitality and, and the sounds of the fire burning up the chimney and, you know, it is artists. friendliness and the chat and, and getting to know each other um, just and the different sounds even though it's it's silent to a lot of people because there isn't the the worldly radios and phones and things like that but there's a lot of noise of people chatting to each other and laughing and having fun it, it's really really a lovely um, cozy and it is a cozy warm feeling even on a very cold night it's really really a warm thing to be doing and working with people. person there. I have a note in my head when it comes to singing. <laughs> I know nothing about it. Not, not songs, uh, sounds, <clears throat> sounds. Sounds. Yeah, sounds we can use in the song. Peace and quiet is the best sound. Um, just the wind blowing. It's lovely to be inside at night by the fire, inside in bed and listen to the rain up against the window and the wind outside and you're nice and cosy inside. Them sounds are nice. Just the wind and the rain. Peace and quiet. lost and enjoying the peace of you can walk for miles and not see a sinner and it's just a little moment for yourself to just enjoy the scenery. Just reflect and... Feeling of rain on your skin. Sociable male talk to anybody. I go quite often to walk. The feeling of the place, it's beautiful, just a lovely place. It's a magical lake, uh, not very far away from here, a few miles away. And it's supposed to be the home of Queen Anya, who is the Queen of the Fairies. And it's just a magical, beautiful place. Yeah, I love going there, really beautiful. It's hard to explain to them, but I'm always saying just go for a walk, listen to the sound of the place. And yeah, it, it's really hard to put a finger on it, but 
There's just something about the piece of the sounds that I, that I like. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing quite like the piece of nothingness. <laughs> I've told you. <laughs> I, think, I think you get to the heart of it very quick. <laughs> You need spaces as well as sociability. So you need to have your, your spaces where you can go if you want to be on your own, and then you need the likes of the group um, in, in here in Kilfinnan where you can go and be sociable. Well, if you live in the country, as I do, it's important to get out and to meet up with people. Silent night again. Uh, because although we all like being on our own, we still like to see people. And so if you don't go out to meet people, um, you can be very isolated. If you didn't mix, you could sit there all day and you'd be miserable. So you have to go out. Sean, do you want to count? And especially when you, you're not from the area, if you're new, uh, I am new to the area. Lucy Farris, and if you don't know it, we'll play G, OK? It's always in you. Yeah, there's a lot of cock women down here. I'm not the only one. I'm here for 39 years. If Cork and Limerick are playing in a match, locals will let you know you're the cock woman. And um, it's really good to go out and make friends and meet people. Because um, people don't come to you, you have to go out and meet them. Once they retire, I don't think you should just crawl away and go to sleep in, in your house. I think you should get out there and make yourself known and help in the community and put something back into it. 
we live out in the country and uh, our neighbours are very important to us and we have uh, neighbours on either side of us now and uh, during the summertime in the main harvesting season when we're uh, doing the silage and cutting the grass and all that we work with our two neighbours on either side of us and uh, we like in the old days we'd core is the word that uh, we go to their house the day the silage they come to us and like we work together and it makes it easy and it's good to have good community spirit. And you see someone walking up the street um, and I say, are you free for a minute? And they say, absolutely, I'm free now and I can give you my time. And they give their time freely and very willingly. And I think that's a lovely thing in the community that people will pull together for the community and I, I think that's really important and it's a lovely thing to be part of. I found myself drinking a lot more tea. Uh, I, I like tea, but I would never have drank that much. Yeah, that, that idea of sitting down and having two hands around a cup of tea. And having a conversation with someone, if it's just over lunch, wherever you know that chance to just to sit down and chat with someone like warm up your soul a little bit I think as well and have a conversation with someone we're all individuals who actually like the basic things in life That was Kilfinnan Heart Songs, a sound piece created for the Hearsay Audio Festival by French radio maker and sound artist Benoit Bois. If you want to hear more of his work, head to fadosonore.net and that's F-A-I-D-O-S-O-N-O-R-E-S dot net. I'm Lucia Skadzokyo, and you've been listening to Transmitter, a social broadcast production. All the details of what you've heard will be available on the Transmitter tab of socialbroadcast.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to our newsletter. I'll be back with more audio, radio and podcast discoveries in June. And if you have any recommendations, please do drop me a line via the website. Until then, happy listening.